honestly, I was just working my way up to death. I thought about killing myself every day. I was using all the time, and I, that's not a sustainable lifestyle. My brother shot himself because of drugs. When you are using technology to lure children for sexual purposes, there's a couple of problems that concern me. But I remember feeling kind of relieved after hurting myself. Do you have any idea how much you were worth? I like to say it this way, great people are really built in the furnace of affliction. Our teens are navigating a world of information anarchy and increased stress and pressure. Drugs are glorified more than ever before and there seems to be a suicide option that didn't exist prior. As adults, we are responsible to provide the help at-risk teens need. Have teens changed or is it just the world they live in that's different? Is this why so many teens are traumatized or triggered? My name is Aaron Huey and in 2009, I opened a home for these teens with the hopes of giving them a second chance at creating the life we all know they deserve. Now I wanna give parents the information that contributed to our success and to support them in navigating the at-risk world. These are the stories told by the teens and the techniques used by experts to help them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. Beyond Risk and Back, live. Not really live, you're hearing a recorded, but I'm, I'm, I feel alive. We are at the Winter Symposium, uh, the Psychotherapy Association's Winter Symposium, Colorado Springs. I am talking with Scott Kendall. Now, I know about Scott Kendall's program, the program he works for, the Foundry, because we've actually shared some staff members in the past. Um, you're, they're up in Steamboat, one of the most beautiful places in Colorado. Daughter went to college up there at CMC. Uh, love, love, love Steamboat. Um, Scott is the uh, uh, used to be the director of admissions and aftercare, and is now director of operations at the Foundry. And here at the symposium now for the second year in a row, the Foundry has the most beautiful booth you have ever seen. The most interactive professional. I swear, it looks like a a, a, a news network uh, set. And Scott designed it. He used to be uh, uh, very much into marketing. But what Scott and I are going to talk about, I know is going to be important for the, for the parents, the teachers, and clinicians, because we're going to be talking about admissions into a residential program for children, for adults. It pretty much looks the same. And what happens when you call a facility? And a lot of questions are going to come up from that in our short little 15 minute here. We'll only get to some, some of them, but we'll talk with Scott about following up later with a longer uh, uh, podcast. The Foundry is an adult. Yeah, 18 and up. 18 and up and co-ed. No, uh, gender response to a men's program. Yeah. So no kidding. Yeah, no, we're actually going to be opening a women's program probably sometime later this year. Okay. Uh, but it's going to be a, a completely separate branch. Gotcha. Completely separate, all female staff. I mean, but no, it's, yeah, it's basically a men's addiction and trauma program. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now I'm a mom. I got a 24-year-old son and it's been... It's been crash and burn, and it's gotten worse. All right, now he's on some hard stuff, hasn't left my basement, arrested a few times, wearing a bracelet. Um, and I go, I'm going to call you. What uh, what questions do I ask? How do I even start this whole process? Oh, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of where to go to from there just depends on 
what the level of willingness is, you know? So if it's like somebody's been crashing and burning and they're like, okay, I'm ready, find a place and I'll go, you know, that's one conversation. But most often it's, it goes in the other direction where it's like, he says it's a problem. He says he's going to do something about it. Does well for a couple of days, slowly regresses, goes back. I'm bailing out of jail again. And a lot of it is just a, um, you know, parents often know in the back of their head what they have to do, where it's they have to tow a really hard line and then no matter what, stick to that line. But that's where, um, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of advantages to help getting an interventionist or getting a professional involved, getting an ed consultant involved. And the biggest thing, because a lot of people will think that, okay, the interventionist is there to put the kid's feet to the fire and to shame and guilt him into going and getting some help, you know, piling as much crap on him as we can until he admits to it, he's going to do it. But oftentimes the interventionist is there to support the family. You know, there, you know, mom has tried a bunch of times to say, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and, you know, that kid has spent 24 years um, studying mom. And so he's an expert on mom. He's an expert on how can I manipulate mom into doing what I want to do? And how can I tug on those heartstrings? And so you got to have that moderator involved that can tell mom, you know, mom, you're getting manipulated. All right. And kid, you're manipulating her. And to, to really just help somebody nail down that solid boundary and be like, okay, you have an option here. You can either get some help, you can you can move towards getting better, or this, 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 and this is gonna happen. And it's completely up to you. You know. So when a family when a family calls you, um, are you guys giving this advice if mom is calling, dad's calling and saying, So I got this, he's not gonna wanna go, you know, what do I do? And and you're saying, I how do you know when to tell a family, call an ed consultant, an education consultant, or contact an interventionist? A lot of it boils down to the age also, you know, so the younger the kid, like an adolescent or say under 22, or it could, it could also be any age. If somebody just really has a lot of issues that you need just like a long-term continuum with, it can also boil down to resources as well. Ed consultant is going to be there not just for the intervention before and right after. They're going to be there for a while, you know. So a lot of it just depends on the severity of the case and what they've tried, what they haven't tried, circumstances. But that's that's actually what I'm doing a presentation on tonight is, um, and a big section of it is called, you know, admissions guided by karma, right, where... You know, even if it's somebody that has an adolescent and there's no chance that they could come to the foundry or say, you know, they're, they're not a good fit for a ton of different reasons, you know, we'll spend the time uh, walking them through all the different options, connecting them with these different interventionists and ed consultants and options and things out there for them. Even if it's somebody that has not a dime to their name, you know, uh, there's a program out there for everybody. It might not be the most ideal fit and program, but there's things that everybody can do. I, I myself, you know, got sober years ago at a, a long-term, completely free treatment program, you know, where I didn't even have Medicaid, and and I was able to to move past it and find help. So that's that's a big part of my personal recovery philosophy, and then also my business philosophy. That you know, in order for us to really affect a change and to really make a difference in people's lives, we got to go above and beyond what is just immediately beneficial to our programs. You know, so. So as a as a parent contacting the foundry, um, 
what questions should they be asking? What, what questions would you like to hear a parent reading from a list and, uh, and you giving answers and hearing them take notes? Say your top three that you wish parents would ask more often. I think, you know, because there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, logistics questions that are always good to knock out of the way at the beginning, you know? So what insurance do you take? How much does the private pay cost? How long is your program? How many people do you have per room? How much individual and group counseling will they get per week? You know, what is the environment? Like, you know, there's all these kind of just basic amenities and logistics questions that I always love to just knock out of the way right at the beginning. But um, I like it, you know, if someone's going to be asking me about the program, um, it's like my kid is really introverted and he loves music, but he doesn't really ever open up to anybody. How do you think your counselor is going to get through to him? You know, or um, you know, my kid had some really in-depth trauma when he was about you know five or six, some abuse, something like that. How are you going to address this if he's only there for you know X amount of days? You know, um, what does aftercare look like? You know, how is is this going to be? Um, that's the thing I, I I wish more people kind of understood is that this is one step in many. You know, you have this first step of getting stabilized, getting setting the foundation. But in order for that person to be successful, you know, it's got to be ongoing aftercare and sober living and accountability and and you know looking at the broad scope. You know, taking a step back and looking at the big picture for what we can really do to, to affect some solid lifelong change. You know, that's you know my goal is to help in the short term, sure. But you know the ultimate goal is to make it so you know this is the only time that th that parent ever has to call a treatment program. Right? They gotta call one place, get this thing taken care of, you know, and not have to do that revolving door right. that so many families fall victim to because they, you know, in all, in all honesty, a lot of times don't find a program that's the right fit, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean. So then, would, what questions do you find getting asked or things that parents seem to be concerned about that you wish they weren't or uh, you'd say, don't lead with that, uh, you know? Um, or do you find yourself, what questions do you find yourself saying to parent, while that might feel important right now, that's really not the concern. So for, for example, I'm dealing with teenagers and parents are like, school, tell me about school, or is my kid, and, and we are a school, we're an accredited school, but we're saying, hey, let's, let's hang on for that one for a second because if this other mental health stuff isn't working, school's never gonna work. So, so, so how about you with the young adults? Yeah, 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 I think one of my favorite terms in life is we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, you know? And that's something I probably have said a million times uh, in doing admissions work for as long as I have. And um, I think a lot of it, you know, is, is families will get it wedged in the back of their head. It's like, I got to do anything I can to get this kid some help. Right. And so if that means misleading him, lying to him, saying, oh, you're going to get your cell phone all day, video games, massages, whatever it takes, you know, and then kid goes into the program and he realizes it's like a rigorous clinical program where his cell phone's locked away, and then they bolt two days later, and that doesn't do anybody yeah, any good. Yeah, you know, we call that the Disneyland drop. Hey, kid, we're going to Disneyland. They drop you off at treatment. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's one thing. Um, I would say um, a lot of times parents will get 
distracted by, you know, those those things that are that the kid will like perceive as deal breakers. So it's like if I don't have my phone, I'm not going to treatment, you know, or if I can't call my girlfriend three times a day, I'm not going to treatment. And it's like, okay, you know, we have to really uh, guide that kid towards taking a big picture view, and that's where getting that professional help involved can really make the big difference, you know. So that's something I kind of, you know, it's easy to get distracted by amenities, and uh, you know, there's certain borderline things like yoga can be really beneficial, equine therapy can be really beneficial. Um, like we do both of those things at, at the foundry, but um, you know, the clinical work is really what's at the core here, you know, because no person ever uses substances for no reason. You know, there's always some kind of a little nugget. There's there's some kind of a little motivating uh, act at the, at the middle at the middle of it that's kind of nudging that person towards using a substance as a coping skill for life. You know, and that's the most important thing. Will my kid get the best clinical work done? You know, how much work do you think an admissions process should be? On a parent. I mean, we certainly have a, I know our admissions process. I've, I've been through admissions processes, um, you know, watching hospitals take in kids and stuff like that. How much time should a parent expect in general to spend on an admission process before they finally get to drive away and know that their kid is doing okay? Oh, and that really just depends on the person and how many issues that they're dealing with. Because, I mean, you can spend, it also depends on the parent, too. Like, you get some that are really that type A personality that are, like, very particular, very good at doing their homework. And, you know, in that case, it'll be 20, 30, 40, 50 hours that somebody will play calling every treatment program they can, calling every professional they can. And um, I would say, ideally, you know, you need to start with uh, a clinician that you trust. So say a counselor that is a family friend or or even just reaching out to a clinician that works in your area that, you know, you maybe have worked with before in the past that might be able to point you in the right direction right. and kind of lean on those people that are educated about who offers what, you know, um, and then also put that over a, uh, a sample of what's realistic financially. So what, like, which places are in network with insurance, go to that clinician and say, okay, this place, this place, this place, and this place are all covered by my insurance. Which one do you, would you recommend for Joey if he's using this, this, this? this you know because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy you know and google searching google is an amazing tool for many other things i'm sure like, we both spend plenty of money on it yeah but, <laughs> but it's but it's also like very difficult to find a treatment program on google you know it's it's you you type in some of those keywords and it's uh you know once you understand google analytics and and adwords and and that whole process you know um it, it's not a reliable tool for finding a treatment program necessarily right so those personal recommendations go way farther than any google search ever will knowing yeah. knowing that i want to talk about transport for a second do you guys do you guys tend to receive lots of kids on transport or are you are you walking so the kids are saying all right i'll, I'll, I'll do it um, it's kind of a mixed bag, okay. you know, so we get people that are 
you know, open, ready, and willing. And then we work really closely with a lot of different detox programs, uh, the low, you know, small hospitals. Uh, I mean, because we provide, um, we, we really do try and help people with logistics when it comes to getting their kid into treatment, you know? So, like, even picking them up from the hospital and bringing them in and helping. We won't fly somebody in from out of state. That'd be illegal. But, you know, we'll pick somebody up in Denver and drive them up to Steamboat, you know? Um, but, yeah, no, it's kind of a mixed bag. And, and that's another thing I'll tell parents often is, like, your kid doesn't have to be 100% on board, gung-ho, ready to do this thing to succeed in treatment, you know? He just has to be open to the idea, you know? And then we'll take it from there. And I, I know when I got sober at first, I still had that idea in the back of my head that I was still going to drink, you know? I was, I was going to have a, a celebratory joint on New Year's or something like that. They're like a gentleman, even though history had proved I could not physically do that. Um, I still have that idea wedged in the back of my head. And then over the course of treatment and sobriety, that's where I kind of opened my eyes to the reality of it, that this whole sobriety thing is really not a bad deal, right. you know? And it's like, okay, you know, I can live like this. And, and But at the beginning, that was the most frightening thing in the world, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So, Scott, we're let's let's wrap around here with um, contact information. So, I'm a parent. I got a son, a daughter. As you're opening up a, a second unit for for uh, a second campus for for women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean that that other campus that'll be probably later on in 2019 at the earliest copy that okay so I, I got a son I've heard good things about the foundry I want to send my kid how do I find you guys whom and uh, what number am I calling yeah absolutely so there's our main phone number uh, which is 844-955-1066 uh, um, and that'll get you through to the admissions team but honestly I'm happy to put my work number out there as well you know if somebody wants to talk to me directly it's 9 970-400-1554. And then it's foundrytreatmentcenter.com. Foundrytreatmentcenter.com. This is Scott Kendall, uh, Director of Operations. Thank you very much, Scott. Really appreciate it. And uh, folks, remember the rules. Take care of yourself first. Take care of your adult relationship second. Take care of your children third because in that way, we do our best work with our children. Thank you, Scott Kendall. And uh, Foundry's a nice place in one of the most spectacular backdrops of the United States, Steamboat, Colorado. It's a good place to get sober. It's yeah. a, it's a, yeah. It is a good place. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness, recovery, and responsibility, and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis. For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to firemountainprograms.com, join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center, or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com.